Hello, Malcolm here, and welcome to the second class for the Thames Valley Churches of Christ on the topic of why do we sing congregationally? When we gather together, why do we sing? Yes, it's been going on for 2,000 years. Yes, in Judaism there was singing before Christianity, and yes, we see singing in all cultures and especially in religious contexts, but why? Do, what is the purpose of our singing together? So last time we looked at Ephesians chapter 5 and Colossians chapter 3 and explored that. Today what I'd like to do is look at a lesser known passage about singing, just actually one verse really, but I think it has some insight for us that we should consider. And in your local group, I'd like you to think about what does it mean for you? So we're in 1 Corinthians 14 today, and I'm just going to read verse 26. We will look a bit around it, but just for the moment, in verse 26, have you ever noticed this and what it might tell us about congregational singing? So in verse 26, it says, What then shall we say, brothers and sisters, when you come together, each of you has a hymn or a word of instruction, a revelation, a tongue, or an interpretation. Everything must be done so that the church may be built up. He mentions a hymn here. Now you may well know the church in Corinth had um, a lot of problems. They struggled with divisiveness, looseness regarding issues of sin, um, attempts to put leaders on pedestals, uh, drunkenness during communion, believe it or not, a frankly chaotic church services, and overall a lack of love. That's why chapter 13 is there in 1 Corinthians, that famous relatively short chapter, but all about love. That was their core issue. It wasn't really the issues around the sin and the leaders and tongue speaking and all these other things. It was really about love was what was underneath it. And yet, Paul does deal with specific issues that are going on in Corinth that are causing God to be dishonored. So as Paul gets towards the end of his letter here, he focuses on helping the Corinthians to, well, to change the way they think about their church services. And he hopes, because what he's hoping for is that God will be glorified and people who visit will have, as it says in verse uh, 25, people visiting will fall down because the, their hearts are laid bare by, by what's happening in the church service, they'll fall down and worship God, exclaiming, God is really among you. Among you, when you gather together congregationally. So a lot of the preaching and teaching about Corinthians uh, focuses on the abuses of prophecy and of tongue speaking. Not much is said about their singing. And it's true that we only have this short little mention here in verse 26 of a hymn, but I think it's instructional and helpful for us to reflect on, even of those of us who don't particularly like singing or the sound of our own voice, but we do love to hear singing, and I believe God does too, and we touched on that somewhat uh, in the previous class. So a couple of points that I see from this that struck me studying it, and tell me what you think. The first issue is this. He says, when you come together, that's congregationally, the gathering for a time of collective worship, each of you has a hymn. Each of you has a hymn. 
I don't think the word hymn is that significant. There could be hymn, could be psalm, could be song. But the point is they have some kind of song that they're bringing with them when they come to, let's say, when they come to church, as we might put it. So what does this tell us? It might tell us this, that choosing songs for congregational worship was a congregational responsibility. Think about that for a minute. Choosing songs for collective worship was a congregational responsibility. Bear in mind, Paul's correcting their tongue-speaking, for example, but he's not rebuking them for tongue-speaking or bringing a revelation or bringing a prophecy or a word of instruction. And he's not rebuking them, therefore, either for bringing a hymn. That's not the problem. Who was bringing these hymns? Well, it was the same people who might also uh, or otherwise be the people with a tongue, a revelation, interpretation, a word of instruction. It's just average members of the congregation, right? He's not writing here to leaders. He's not writing here to subsets within the congregation. He's writing to the whole, whole group. It looks rather as if they didn't have a worship team, or at least not in the way we understood it. Or perhaps they had some kind of worship team, but they expected members to bring hymns and say, could we sing this one? Could you lead us in this one? Perhaps no one chose songs for that Sunday in advance. They just turned up and people brought a, a hymn, a song with them. Perhaps the members, all the members, contemplated what God was teaching them and showing them during the week, since the last time they gathered. Then they brought songs to the rest of the congregation so that they could sing them together. Perhaps they were hymns they already knew. Perhaps they were hymns they made up. I've been doing some reading about this idea that there's some speculation that, you know, uh, families of believers would make up their own songs to express their own experience of God and their own experiences, their own context of what God was doing and had done in their lives. And so perhaps that's what's happening congregationally. Now, because we can't know the details for sure, and some of this may be cultural and not fully appropriate to your situation or mine. I'm not saying uh, there's a direct need to duplicate what they did. But what I do take from this is that the congregation didn't delegate it out and say, yes, you two, three, four, five people in the congregation, it's all your responsibility. That isn't what happened. They didn't do it, delegate it to the musical specialists. Because we're all singers, right? We're all worshippers. So we can't delegate worship. Remember, he doesn't say each of you worship leaders has a hymn. He says each of you, plural, congregation, has a hymn. He's talking to all the members. That's the first thing. What do you think of that point? You agree? You don't agree? Or what do you think might be the ways to think about that for your local context? The second thing that occurs to me, looking at this, is that the congregation came together, presuming this is Sunday at some point, they come together thinking about songs, thinking about singing. They're anticipating singing, or they're anticipating contributing a song to be sung. They're thinking about the singing before they get there. They're not just turning up blindly and thinking, someone's got that sorted out, I, I won't even have to think about it, I'll walk in and then it'll be, oh, that's the first song, okay, fine, whatever. It's clear that the congregation sang as a body and that each member was aware that they potentially had something to contribute to the musical aspect of the worship. 
It may not be that every member brought a hymn regularly, uh, but it was seen to be an, it was a normal part of the church culture that a variety of people would bring a hymn. And if they were going to do that, it meant they didn't start thinking about singing on a Sunday morning. They were thinking about hymns during the week. Prayers they prayed, bits of scripture they read, things that happened in life, conversations with other believers stimulated them to think about, gosh, that, that hymn, let's sing that because it's, it's relevant to what I'm going through, what we're thinking about, or something amazing about God that we've just been discussing. Let's, let's do that. Let's sing that right now. So imagine, imagine Monday to Saturday, Imagine if you gave time to thinking about the songs you'd like to sing on a Sunday. What might happen if we did that? Perhaps it would help us to be more fully engaged with the singing when we gather on a Sunday morning. What might help us with this? Well, one way is to incorporate songs into our personal devotional times during the week. Listening to songs singing them yourself, reading the words of a song, praying through them, a bit like praying through a psalm. I think in doing so, we it helps us to connect our hearts to God and find ways of expressing our love for him in song. And that, that enables us then to be more mindful of songs that are useful and helpful to us spiritually that we might then bring to a group. Uh, a book I read last year or the year before is called Sing by Keith and Christian Getty. Uh, they part wrote the song um, In Christ Alone uh, as one of their more famous songs. They write this, worship isn't primarily about music, techniques, songs, or methodologies. It's about our hearts. It's about what and who we love more than anything. So if we're devoted to Christ during the week and we're mindful of songs that can help us, then we'll enjoy singing. If we connect our hearts with God in song during the rest of the week, I'm certain it will enhance the expression of joy when we sing together on a Sunday or whenever else we gather. So we tried this in Watford recently. I told the congregation in advance next Sunday the topic is this, and I'd like you to be thinking about songs during the week. And then I preached on a topic. And I said, what songs have come to mind? And we had some suggestions, and then we sang those songs. Um, one of them we managed to accompany uh, on the fly. Uh, we knew the music reasonably well. One, the congregation just sang a cappella. We didn't have the music anyway. And a third one, I think, was an a cappella type song anyway. Uh, it, we just sang, I think, three songs in the end that connected with the topic. And it was actually, look, I have to say it, it was awesome because because it was the congregation responding to the word of God. Let's sing this song. It connects. And it connects not just with the topic, but it connected for that person in the congregation who suggested it. So I wonder whether you might dare to try something like that. Would you dare to try on one Sunday or perhaps a devotional time together? Don't plan the songs. Or maybe plan two or three at the beginning if you like, but then not the rest. And ask people to bring a song. And maybe your guitarist or pianist will be able to play the songs. Maybe not. Maybe it doesn't really matter. Because if the song comes from the heart, that's actually the point. A heart that's been touched by the truth and the love of God, expressing itself in song. I think that's a beautiful and wonderful thing. 
So we're doing this in Watford every... We're going to do it once a month as a, a thing for now and see how that goes. What do you think? Would you dare try it? What do you, th do you think is relevant? Questions for discussion in your local groups. Firstly, someone once said, and I don't remember where I read it. It might have been in that same book by the Gettys. Someone once said, your voice may not be of a professional standard, but it is of a confessional standard. What does that mean to you? Those of us who are a little intimidated singing in public. Your voice may not be of a professional standard, but it is of a confessional standard. Second um, question for reflection. God cares that you sing, but he doesn't care how well you sing. So how does that shape the way you think about singing congregationally? And thirdly, the Gettys also say in their book, Christian singing begins with the heart, not on the lips. What does that mean for you and your contribution to congregational singing? Will you dare bring a hymn next Sunday or sometime soon? I'd really like to know what you think about this. It's a, not a conventional way of thinking about these issues. And, uh, but I think it does. it's fair to the text. In Corinth, and like I said earlier, although they did that in Corinth, it doesn't mean we have to do that this way today. But maybe it's worth considering and contemplating what that means for us. I'd like to know what you think. So drop me a line, malcolm at malcolmcox.org. You can leave a message anywhere you hear or see this recording. And let me know what you think. Let's sing, everybody. Let's sing with the heart. Let's sing with all we've got. Let's think about songs. Let's fully give our hearts to it. When we sing, when we sing, it gladdens the heart. It, it, it increases our joy. It honors God and and it has an impact on any of our friends who come and, and hear that. If they don't already have their relationship with God, something, something beautiful can be achieved through our singing together. All right, that's the second of our two classes. I hope you found them helpful. Till the next time, take care. And God bless.